Welcome to the Wine, Women, and Style podcast. I'm your host, Mary Michelle, a master style coach on a mission to help you find your style, know your worth, and live a life you love. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful friends. I am Mary Michelle, and I am so excited to be with you today to share with you what kind of shopper are you? Do you know? Have you ever even thought about it? I've got some great tips to share that I hope will help you in your journey shopping, building a wardrobe, and can help you to you know really streamline the experience. Now, I love shopping. I honestly, I love shopping for pretty much anything except car parts, right? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up shopping with my mom and my aunts and my cousins and my friends. And it's interesting because, you know, now I own a women's clothing boutique. I don't shop as much for fun, but when I do want something, I'm very, very, very strategic about it. So uh, <laughs> we'll share that, share more about that with you uh, as we go along. But Shopping can be so much fun, but I know I've found as a style coach that so many women cannot stand shopping and they are panic stricken or they walk into a store and just feel overwhelmed. And so if that's you, then you're not alone. There are so many women out there who just, you know, the thought of shopping can strike fear in their hearts. So if that is you, you know, I, I encourage you to reach out and ask for help. I'm a master style coach. I love to shop with my clients. If you need help, there are plenty of style coaches or image consultants who would love to shop with you. And even just going out once and learning how to navigate the stores, what to look for, uh, that can truly, truly make a difference. So if I can help you in any way, please reach out. I would love, love, love to help you or help connect you with someone who can help um, or have you come shop with us in the boutique? You know, when we opened Style Finder Boutique in 2015, which I can't believe it was been six years ago, one of my goals was to help women who do not like to shop because women come in and they throw their hands up and they say, help me. We're here for you. You know, we help make it easy because I see how women get just overwhelmed, confused. And my intent when we opened Style Finder Boutique was to to be your advocate, to be your resource, and to really help you feel like we've got you. We, we are here to shop for you or with you or just let you do your thing. Whatever works for you, we're here to meet you where you are. So if we can help you in any way, we got you, girl. Now, the way you shop makes a difference. Are you always shopping the sales or do you shop more like a man? You know, a man walks into a store and he's like, all right, I need six suits and, you know, eight ties and 25 shirts, whatever, <laughs> you know, and then he's done. He's done for the season. He's done for the year. Men don't shop like women do, mostly. It can be a whole different ballgame. But your shopping habits, whatever they are, can be very telling when it comes to your wardrobe, but also when it comes to your wallet and your confidence. We're women. We're going to spend money on clothes, right? You know, we need something to wear and we want to look good. But did you know that the way you spend your money and the way you're shopping might actually be costing you more in the long run? I found that women who only bought a piece or two at a time or only shopped the sales thought they were spending far less money than they actually were. Conversely, those women who, who came in uh, either to Style Finder or I've shopped with women for many, many years, 13 years, and I have seen women spend thousands 
of dollars. I mean, literally thousands of dollars in just a few hours, but in a much more strategic way. And you know what's crazy? They actually saved more money by buying more clothing at one time. It sounds really hard to believe, but it's true. I have seen it happen over and over and over. Now, over the past decade as a style coach, I've noticed that women fall into really one of about five categories. And I've also seen how their shopping habits can destroy their confidence or it can, they can boost it exponentially. So I want to share with you the five types of shoppers and help you to understand what type you are and also let you take note of the pros and cons, the pitfalls, the mindset, all the information that goes along with each category. And I want you to see what subtle shifts you can make so that your shopping habits work for you, not against you, right? For you. I want you to shut when you shop. (laughs) I want it to be something that you are, you will benefit from. Not just spending money and then having something hanging in your closet. This is how you avoid having a closet filled with clothing and nothing to wear. Number one, the desperate shopper. The desperate shopper waits until the last minute to shop for an outfit, often en route to an event or even a job interview. True story. Because they lack sufficient time to seek out items that are truly right for them, the desperate shopper settles for something that's less than ideal. Maybe the style isn't quite right. Maybe she can't find the right right shoes or accessories. Or maybe something needs alterations and she just doesn't have time. But there's no time to go anywhere else because she has just a couple of hours before her big event. Sometimes she even changes at the store to head straight to her event. Ladies, you do not know how many times this has happened. And I am not judging anybody. However, I want to enlighten you That when you do this, when you rely on this method, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. Now, (laughs) I have had, like I said, I've had so many women come in the store. And one of them, uh, her name was Paula. She was a desperate shopper on her way to a job interview. Seriously. I mean, literally, she had like an hour and a half. She was somebody that I knew casually, but I didn't know her well. But she popped into Style Finder for the very first time. I had never dressed her. I didn't know what was going to fit her. I didn't know her size, her style, anything. And she, you know, she was on a a deadline. And it was such a risky move because she didn't know what we'd have. And we had never worked with her before. But I will tell you, my team did an excellent job. We were actually able to help her quickly find an outfit that worked. And she got lucky that we had her sizes in stock. She didn't need alterations on anything. Uh, She put together some jewelry that finished it off. But unfortunately, she didn't have the right shoes with her. And so with just five minutes to spare, she walked out of the store. She had a great new outfit. Shoes weren't quite right. But she, she looked good. She did feel good. But she could have felt so much better if, A, she weren't in a panic. You don't want to show up to a job interview in a panic. That's not good energy. And if she had taken the time to come in, even the day before, she could have shown up with the right shoes on. She could have shown up to the interview early. She could have shown up relaxed. Instead of risking that, take your time. 
Now, the mindset of a desperate shopper is, I'm not worth taking time out of my busy schedule to shop or to plan. I'll just wait until the last minute. The pitfalls of being a desperate shopper. You never get it quite right because you're settling. You're settling for what they have. You don't want to wear things again because, honestly, they didn't really work the first time. So that's money down the drain. When you buy a dress, you wear it to the interview or you wear it to the event, but you settled. You didn't buy what you loved, and now you don't really want to wear it again. That's wasted money. You never take time out to build a wardrobe, so you don't have the pieces that you truly need. But what happens is you have way too many clothes in your closet and nothing that truly fits you, or that you truly, truly love. Being a desperate shopper can be very expensive, very stressful, and very frustrating. Now, shopper number two, the bargain shopper. The bargain or discount shopper only shops the sale rack or at discount stores like Target, Old Navy, etc. She's a sucker for a bargain and will settle for something that's less than perfect if the price is right. She builds her wardrobe on cute, trendy, and cheap pieces that are not built to last and never really has the foundation she needs. Now, I've gotten into closets of a lot of bargain shoppers. And again, I'm not here to judge, but I am here to enlighten you and educate you and help you understand with each type of behavior what this might be doing to your closet and to your state of mind. Now, my client Sarah was a bargain shopper when she first called me years ago. I got into her closet and quickly understood her issue. Her wardrobe is built on cheap pieces bought at Target and Old Navy or on sale somewhere else. After just a few years, many of them had peeled, stretched, shrunk, or were no longer appropriate for her. She felt frustrated that she had spent so much money over the long run but had so little to show for it. I taught her the principles of building a wardrobe and she began to understand how to invest in her wardrobe rather than just go cheap and how it would save her money in the long run. The mindset of the bargain shopper. I am not worth paying full price to get what I need. I can always find a better deal. The pitfalls. Often you sacrifice quality for price. Often you settle for something that isn't quite right just because it's a great deal. You never really buy outfits. You just buy separates and you hope everything goes together. Chances are you have a lot of one-hit wonders or stray items in your closet. You always have a closet full of clothes, but nothing to wear. You're missing core pieces that are the foundation of your wardrobe. Shopper number three, the casual shopper. The casual shopper loves to shop and often enjoys it with friends on the weekends or an afternoon outing. She's always on the lookout for the latest trends or something new to add to her wardrobe. She'll buy a piece or two here and there, but rarely does she buy a full outfit. My client Terry is a casual shopper who loves to check out her favorite boutiques after lunch with friends. They'll stroll in and out of their favorite shops and see the latest accessories, colors, shoes, and trends. Occasionally, they'll find find something, and each of them has to have it. A necklace, a cute hat, a fun pair of pants. But rarely does Terry take the time to try on a full outfit. She confides in me that she feels like she spends too much money on clothes, but can't figure out why she has such a hard time getting dressed in the morning. The mindset of the casual shopper. I deserve to look good, and I'm always looking for something to add to my wardrobe. 
the pitfalls of being a casual shopper. They buy a piece or two at a time, hoping things will work together, but rarely do they. The casual shopper never buys an outfit or even a capsule. They buy more clothes, but they never actually build a wardrobe. They have too many clothes, but it doesn't all work together. Now, number four, the get-it-done shopper. The get-it-done shopper is a serious shopper who shops, honestly, like men do. They go into their favorite boutique once or twice a year and buy a season's worth of clothes at once, including jewelry and accessories. Then they don't set foot inside a boutique for another six months or so because they have what they need. Our client Irene is a get-it-done shopper. We see her a couple of times a year, and we know that when she makes an appearance, she means business. When Irene shops, she doesn't just want items. She wants full, complete outfits with the best necklace, earrings, scarf, or jacket to complete the look. Ready to invest in her wardrobe, she knows that if she spends a couple of thousand dollars, she'll have exactly what she needs all season long. She is sure to get everything she needs, including advice on what shoes to wear, so that she can get through the next season looking good and feeling great. Irene is able to get dressed quickly and easily each season and knows she always has something to wear. The mindset of the get-it-done shopper. I'm worth it, and I'm going to get everything I need at once. I'm not afraid of investing in myself and my wardrobe. Now, there are a few pitfalls to being the get-it-done shopper that include they may fall into a rut. They may wear the same outfits over and over, and they don't refresh often. Number five, this is the type of shopper I really, really, really encourage you to be. The strategic shopper. This type of shopper is ideal because you always have what you need. The strategic shopper shops once a quarter, booking an appointment with her favorite stylista at her local boutique or a style coach to ensure she gets what she needs for any events, trips, or just everyday wear for the upcoming season. She is sure to build a capsule including jewelry and accessories and get advice on the right shoes and lingerie. Because of her habits, her look is consistent and that builds her confidence. Mary is a strategic shopper and knows what she needs. She books her appointment with us at StyleFinder quarterly for a wardrobe strategy session and often brings in a few pieces from her wardrobe that she wants to mix and match. Mary knows time is money and she is not afraid to buy exactly what she wants and what she needs. She also pops in a few times throughout the season to add in those touches she knows will set off her wardrobe, including new tops and bright colors, fresh jewelry, or an unexpected jacket. She loves to find what's new and blend it in. But she is sure to buy only things she knows will work with what she already has in her closet. She gets dressed in five minutes or less every day because she has taken the time to build a wardrobe and she cleans her closet out at least twice a year. She loves her closet and feels great when she walks into it, knowing it supports her in her life. Mary's mindset, I'm worth it and I'm going to invest time and money in my wardrobe, knowing it will pay me back in spades. Pitfalls, none that I can think of. So I want you to take note of which shopper you are and what tweaks you can make to your habits to set yourself up for success. Shopping is something we're going to do. We're going to spend money on clothes. And I want to be sure that you are setting yourself up to get what you need 
so that when you walk into your closet, you can put together an outfit quickly and easily and walk out the door feeling confident and beautiful because you deserve to feel beautiful every single day, not stressed out, not frustrated, and not frumpy. Ladies, if I can help you in any way, please reach out. I would be honored to talk with you about my style coaching services or offer other resources that can help support you or have you shop with us at Style Finder Boutique. We would love that. So stay tuned for raves and faves. I've got some great suggestions coming up for you about North Carolina wine country. I'll see you soon. On today's Raves and Faves, I want to take some time to introduce you to a few of my favorite North Carolina wineries. You may or may not know, but May is actually North Carolina Wine Month. And for those of you who live right here in North Carolina, we, and especially in Raleigh, I'm about two hours from some of these wineries, not all of them, some of them. So it makes for a great day trip. There are actually four of them I can drive to in about two hours. Uh, One is a little bit further, but it is worth spending an entire weekend. (laughs) And I will tell you, I actually have a friend. uh, My friend Arthur has a blog and an Instagram. Um, I'm going to list, I'll list his handle in the show notes, but it's at Merlot to Muscadine. It's Merlot and the number two Muscadine. And he has enlightened me. I tell you what, I had no idea there were so many wineries in North Carolina. We have over a hundred. And my friend Arthur has been to, I believe, every single one. And it's interesting to hear him talk about wineries that are no longer around. So North Carolina actually does have a rich history in wine production. Just two years ago, I actually stumbled upon one of these. And it kind of led me to some of the other ones. And I have been a fan ever since. I really have enjoyed North Carolina wines, especially my first pick is Jolo Vineyards. Now, you've heard one of my reviews on another podcast, but Jolo is, uh, honestly, I found out about it from a wine distributor, and I have been very, very impressed. JW is the owner, he and his wife, Kristen, and I tell you what, every single time I have been there, he has been there on the premises, whether he's sitting and sipping wine with his wife or working with his sons in the vineyard or just you know fixing something, he is there and he is very personable and super friendly and his wine has won so many incredible awards. So Jolo Vineyards, it is in Pilot Mountain, beautiful, beautiful location. They, I'm actually a member of their wine club, and I have enjoyed all of their wine. And the cool thing is, he partners with other winemakers. And typically, actually, my number two pick is Raffaldini. Uh, also, I believe they're also located in Pilot Mountain. It's about, I don't know, 25 minutes from Jolo. So you can make a day trip of it, absolutely. But he partners with Raffaldini, and they come out with a new wine every year. I believe it, this year it was called Rara Sisbumba. And I love that he's always collaborating. He's done other collaborations. He's always, going back to Jolo, he's always launching new wine. And he takes it out to California and puts it in the competition, and typically he comes home a winner. So always learning new things in his craft, always perfecting it. 
and he's actually opening up another winery, I believe in 2022. So I will be looking forward to that. So my number two pick is Raffaldini, and Raffaldini is very Italian-focused. They use a lot of Italian-style grapes, and when you drive up on the property, honestly, you feel like you're driving into the Italian countryside. They have a beautiful Italian villa as their uh, main house, their property. You can sit out back and just look at the beautiful views of the mountains and feel like you're truly in Italy. It's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. The wine is delicious. And I've always had a wonderful time there. Now, my third pick is Hanover Park Wines. Hanover Park, I love the story. Uh, The owners actually used to be school teachers. They got married, and on their honeymoon, they went to France and fell in love with the wine culture. So they came back to Yadkin Valley, and they decided to start a winery. Now, years ago, actually, I had a friend get married at Hanover Park, and it was just so beautiful. So incredible. And since my friend got married there many years ago, uh, they've built an event space. So I believe that they do quite a few weddings, special events. Uh, I went to a conference there two years ago, and the wine is delicious. It's just, you know, down home Southern hospitality. So truly, truly great people and love, love, love their wine. My fourth pick is Divine Llama Vineyards. Now, their wine is very good, but what I love about visiting Divine Llama is the whole experience. And actually, I love to take my kids out there, and they'll even ask me, Mom, can we go to Divine Llama today? Because Divine Llama, as you might assume, they have llamas. And so you can go and taste your wine and then get a glass and walk back and go down this little trail. It's maybe about, I don't know, a 10-minute walk. And then there are about a hundred llamas. It's a llama farm, basically. So a hundred llamas, and you can't really pet them, but you can watch them and sip your wine with them. And just, they're fascinating creatures. They're beautiful. They're interesting. They're fascinating. And we recently discovered that they do llama walks around the property, but they book up fast. So love, love, love Divine Llama. You can also, um, unlike the others, actually, I'm not sure about Hanover Park, but I know at Divine Llama, you can take a picnic. I know at Jolo, you cannot take your own food because they serve food. I believe Raffaldini serves food as well. I'm not sure. But I know at Divine Llama, you can show up, take a picnic, bring the kids. Sometimes they have live music on the patio, and it's a beautiful way to spend an afternoon. Now, my fifth pick is uh, a little bit more polished, a little bit more commercial, but I still love the wine, and I love the story, uh, Biltmore Wine. And just visiting Biltmore, it's just incredible. If you've never been to Biltmore Wine, it's actually in Asheville, or Biltmore House, I should say. It's in Asheville, North Carolina, and just truly, truly, truly remarkable. I went with my husband a few years ago, and we actually did a behind-the-scenes private tour, which was fascinating, which meant for two hours, we had a tour guide just to ourselves. We were down in the basement looking at artifacts. We were up in the little uh, peaks and little all the little balconies and the little nooks and crannies that most people can't go, we got access to those. And it just gave me a whole new appreciation for Biltmore House. Truly, truly, truly incredible. And just the whole story behind it is wonderful. And when you go to Biltmore, Biltmore House, and there's Biltmore Village, 
you when you go to Biltmore House, you actually get a ticket for a free wine tasting at Biltmore Village, but it is separate. It's in a separate location. And last time we went, there was a huge line, but they moved quickly. And the wine tasters were, uh, people who doing the tasting were very friendly, very personable. And the wine was really good. So I really enjoyed it. But more than just enjoying the wine, it's worth the entire experience. I only wish I could sit on the back porch at the Biltmore House and sip a glass of that wine. Unfortunately, it's not open to the public, but I will tell you, I have been out to Biltmore House for two outdoor concerts and to be outdoors and watch the sunset in the mountains from that view is one of the most incredible things I think I have ever seen. So if they could figure out a way to let you sit on the back porch or be out there when there's not a concert and sip a glass of their wine and watch the sunset, you are in for a truly amazing experience. I couldn't stop taking photos. So to learn more about North Carolina wineries, there actually is a hashtag and a website I will put in the show notes because there are a lot of great initiatives and a lot more wineries that are really either up and coming or they've really established themselves. So as we go, I will definitely be focusing more on North Carolina wineries. Um, but today I just really wanted to give, put them in the spotlight because they are definitely worth a visit. And if you find out about another one that you love, drop me a line. I would love to hear about it. I hope you have a beautiful day. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you know what kind of shopper you are and you know what to do to get back on track. So have a beautiful day. I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Wine, Women, and Style podcast, where women come to live a more beautiful life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love for you to leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and visit the blog for more weekly content and style inspo to help you elevate the everyday. For details about this episode, be sure to see the show notes below. Cheers. Cheers.